Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Adam Young, editor of the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and this is The Lead. In this weekly podcast, we highlight some of the big stories impacting Lubbock and the South Plains. I visit with a few of our reporters. We talk a bit about what they're working on and stories they expect to share in the coming days. So let's get started. And now I'm joined by the Avalanche Journal's business reporter, Alana Edgen. And we have a guest today, uh, Noah Creighton. He's a Texas Tech student who was a reporting shadow in, from his reporting class. Uh, we joined uh, me on Friday. He tagged along with me and our government reporter, Alex Driggers. We went over to the Our Lady of Grace Stations of the Cross event for Good Friday. Uh, what did you uh, make of that, uh, Noah? Yeah, it was a very... Um it was a nice eventful experience. You can really tell that there's a lot of heart in the people um, that are participating. And so, you know, for them to walk about 0.8 miles, something like that, and then watch the story of Jesus for Sunday, like that's, it's uh, very special. And so you can tell that there's a lot of heart in that. Which is probably not exactly what you were expecting from a, an afternoon shadowing <laughs> assignment. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good, it's good to like, you know, step outside your comfort zone sometimes, you know, sometimes we don't always cover stories like that, but um, it's good to see that coverage, you know, tell, be, be that voice for some people to share that story. Understood. Yeah, as we've done, we've usually identified that or perhaps some other events on Good Friday is a good uh, Good, good coverage, find a feature for our uh, um, Easter Sunday coverage. So um, Alex kind of took the lead on that, but we were, it was nice to, uh, uh, being able to take you out and uh, kind of uh, do something other than sit in the office with me. <laughs> and then Alana, I know you've got a couple of things coming out uh, this week and then uh, later in April. Um, and we hinted at it last week a bit, the, uh, the jerky shop up in Plainview. Uh, how did that come together? Well, that one, Alex Driggers and Carlos mentioned to me that a couple of new stores had opened up in Plainview. One of them is this jerky shop owned by the Garcia family. They've been making jerky in their house for 12 years. One of the uh, kind of cute things that came out of that interview was Mario Garcia telling me about how their house always smelled like jerky and their clothes smell like jerky. So now their building smells like jerky. And it's a really cute story in there with some great food, great people. I'm thinking they're going to do pretty well there. Understood. And then you also have a feature, uh, kind of an advance on the showdown at the Jones. It's a fundraiser coming up uh, next month, right? No, that's happening on April 20th. And oh, it's going to be oh. styled after the show Chopped from Food Network. Have you watched that? I'm familiar with it, but I've not sat down and watched it. My mom and I love to watch it. It's a cooking show where the chefs get a basket and they have to make something out of the basket ingredients and they can be all sorts of weird stuff but this one it's going to have items that can be consistently found in the south plains food bank and there's going to be six local chefs one of them being texas tech club's own hector hernandez which i got to have a little short interview with him just kind of how he's feeling going in there 
And it's all going to be a really great fundraiser for the food bank, which also had a representative there, and I was able to learn more about all the cool things they do. Yeah, I'd be kind of curious to see what some of the ingredients they're going to have to use are. I imagine cream of chicken soup will be part of it, or cream of mushroom. Probably, and you can do a surprising amount of things with that. Understood. And then uh, I know in your uh, Sunday business column, you mentioned Dungeons and Dragons, the movie totally out of my wheelhouse, but knew it was totally in your wheelhouse. And then Noah also expressed some interest in that. So what what, what was your review on that? I greatly enjoyed it. I have been a Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder player and storyteller for uh, probably since my senior year of high school. So I have a decent amount of knowledge and experience. My parents are also big gamers of that, or they were in college. So being able to go and see that and seeing some of the references to these older editions was really cool. It was a fun story, and it really reminds you of what it's like to be at a table and just telling a great story with your friends and all the silly things that happen there. Understood. What are you expecting from that? Or is that something you're going to see? Or Yeah, I was actually pretty excited to see it because um, I've also played a, a couple of one-offs there, one-off campaigns of Dungeons & Dragons. And so uh, my favorite aspect of that is really just like how imaginative it can be and you can literally do anything. And so for them to capture that and put it into the mainstream, I think is going to introduce a new audience to that. And that's exciting. You know, that's really that's really hype for me. I imagine my daughters will probably make me watch that at some point in my life, but I don't know. It's pretty fun. We'll and see. it is so much better than the early 2000s attempt they did. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot that they've improved upon it. So it's, That was a thing? They tried to make a movie then? Yes, and it was... It, it had some troubles, but this new one is really, really good. And it has some of those classic references to the... Actually, even the original D&D cartoon. Okay. Who's in it? Um, several people, and I would have to remember the names. Noah, do you happen to know? I can look them up real quick. Oh, we don't need to I know. That. Hugh Green's in it, right? Or am I thinking of another movie? I would have to look it up. Boston. I know who is in there is really good. Well, before we embarrass ourselves too much more, <laughs> uh, I know you've got a uh, another uh, bookstore feature that you're looking at toward the end of the month. Yes. On the 29th, it is going to be National Independent Bookstore Day. So I've been working to get connected with some of our locally owned bookshops here and just doing a quick interview with them, kind of seeing what makes their shops stand out and the importance of local bookstores and reading in the community. We have more than you realize, right? Yes, we have four that I found, two of which are comic shops, which I do count as books. I used to work at Hastings and graphic novels were a huge thing along with comics. And they really appeal to a different set of readers, and it definitely helps those children who maybe struggled a little bit getting into the massive texts of your classic book. Graphic novels and comics kind of help them learn that reading is actually fun. Understood. Yeah, when I was a kid, I remember being on road trips, and I'd have uh, some uh, comics in the back seat. I did, they didn't make me as uh, car sick. I could read that and, and enjoyed that experience more than trying to read a longer book. Yeah, just everyone should definitely enjoy reading. And I would hope that everyone has some type of book or even some type of favorite superhero that they can enjoy. Understood. Hey, thanks, Alana, and thanks, Noah. Thank you. Of course. 
And now we're joined by the Avalanche Journal's government and public policy reporter, Alex Driggers. He's going to visit with us a little bit about the upcoming city council meeting. One thing that stood out to us was the Lubbock Police Chief Floyd Mitchell's um, annual report on uh, crime in the city, the 2022 report. This was released toward the end of the month uh, in March. We reported on it at the time, or, or, or Cops and Courts reporter Gabriel Monte did kind of takeaways from that. But uh, when he presents it to the council, what are you, uh, I guess, expecting the chief to focus on? That's right, Adam. We'll hear from Chief Mitchell again on Tuesday as he presents to the council during that meeting. And I expect him to focus on a lot of the same things that we saw in that annual report, which was released on uh, in late March. Uh, things like that we've seen person and property crimes both rising, that we've seen homicides rise, um, vehicle burglaries rise, and that the department is struggling a little bit staffing-wise. So um, those are all some of the things that I expect him to present um, to the council when he goes over the 2022 annual report. I know the chief uh, in our reporting um, was concerned about the response time. Uh, I know he said the target time nationally is under five minutes for a community, and I think ours was just over six this time. It was creeping up for a number of reasons. Yeah, Gabe reported uh, that the goal is to keep response time averages for all calls under five minutes. And right now we're sitting at six minutes and one second here in the Hub City. Um, Mitchell attributed that partially to a lack of dispatchers. He said if we don't have any if we don't have enough dispatchers, it makes those response times go up. And in fact, the average time it took. Um, from the time the call came in to the time a police officer was dispatched, and this is on priority one calls or the most important ones, um, was up by 10 seconds in 2022 uh, compared to 2021. Um, and that, that time is one minute and 22 seconds. So, you know, you're dealing with with a game of seconds here and every second counts. And Mitchell hopes that uh, they'll be able to get some more dispatchers in seats and with headsets to kind of help and bring that down a little bit. Understood. Any other takeaways that you're expecting to hear from the uh, chief's report? You know, uh, it'll be a lot of numbers, a lot of statistics, um, you know, that we again, we've seen person and property crimes increasing. Um, those person crimes are up 1%. And those are things like homicides, sexual assaults, robberies, aggravated assaults, those type of things. Homicides specifically are up 9% over the prior year at sitting at 34 there. Um, now, the good news is that LPD has a clearance rate of 97 to 98% on homicide. So most of those are solved. Um, but, but it's an interesting trend because prior to the year 2020, we averaged about 12 homicides a year in Lubbock. But for the past three years, 2020 to 2022, we've had more than 30 homicides in the hub city. So um, it's interesting to see that that's not gone back down after uh, what was initially called an anomaly year in 2020. Um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what the chief has to say about that. We'll see if he, um, uh, we, we've seen vehicle burglaries go up 29% year over year um, in this most recent annual report. So we'll see if he has anything to say about those things, if there are any requests that he has for the city council as far as needs his department has as we move into the upcoming budget season in the summer, um, as far as, you know, 
hey, I could really use some help in this department to help get some of those numbers back down. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This report definitely kind of helps set up the groundwork and gives us a better sense of maybe what we'll be seeing. Asks wise, like you mentioned, um, as they um, have these work sessions and budget sessions in the summer, July, August, moving forward. Yeah, I feel like we'll be hearing quite a bit about public safety as we move into budgeting season in the council chambers. Understood. Hey, thank you, Alex. Thanks, Adam. There's a lot going on around our community, and we love your story ideas and tips. Please feel free to reach out to me at ayoung at labaconline.com, give me a call, or hit me up on social media. Here's hoping the week ahead brings great news and developments to Lubbock in our area. The lead is produced with the help of the Avalanche Journal's trends and breaking news reporter Mateo Rusilis and photo editor Annie Rice. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to checking back in with you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.